0: Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the power of imagination from our world to the far off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters, miracles, and, of course, magic. We're delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, or preferably both, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure.
1: Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of Roll With Adventure's flagship campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I am the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues on the morning of the 29th of Morgren, in the year 1083 PR. In the small city of Dwemer Hollow, where our heroes have sought out the price auction house in hopes that the appraiser can help answer their questions now before we dive right in let's meet our band of heroes to decide the order of introduction let's roll player initiative not character and remember here we roll with adventure I think everyone knows how to do player initiative now so how dexterous have each of our heroes been this past week
2: well i think i am going to take a plus two because my fingers have been very dexterous this week for the very first time i have been playing through dungeons and dragons heroes on the old old xbox and as somebody who didn't grow up playing video games and has very limited experience with it i am impressed that i've adapted to the new controller and the very easy buttons so that's what i'm doing
3: This week has been a wonderfully lazy week for me, so I'm going to take a flat plus zero.
4: I'm going to take a plus two because I managed to not run someone over tonight that walked right in front of my car wearing all black without announcing their presence on the road while it was raining. Um, And I slammed on those brakes real good. I'm very proud of not killing someone tonight. would have been a very different day, Uh, so I'll take a plus two.
2: Okay, I, I revise mine. I, I'll take a I'll take a plus one because my dexterous fingers and my newfound video game skills uh, do not at all compare.
4: No, no, do not but diminish think the your dexterity. You
2: with your... <laughs> think of all the virtual townspeople. Oh, that's true. Hmm.
0: So okay. just as many lives were saved if you equate one real life with thousands <laughs> and thousands of virtual <laughs> lives.
2: Uh, I won't buy into that. Uh... Ratio comparison thing, but I I will take my plus two.
0: I'm going to take a minus two because I have somehow managed to, um, n- not dodge getting into two more role playing games on the open <laughs> evenings to the point where I can now only say, yeah, I'm not doing anything on Mondays.
2: <laughs> this is this is very dangerous, Brian. I feel like your Mondays are at risk. You've put it out in the universe now. <laughs> You can't take your Mondays away. We have to
4: go to Costco sometime.
3: A little putting out the universe. You said it in the, like while Cass was listening.
2: Ooh, Did I hear yes. a second campaign? <laughs> <laughs> I'm God not busy no. on Mondays. Not unless somebody else wants to edit. I can't keep Monday up. is Costco Day. I mean, like not every a, week. Once every two but, weeks,
4: or two or three weeks. Yeah, but like, okay, we so we could do an television. irregular
2: campaign every odd Monday. <laughs> well,
1: with that enlightening uh, piece of information, uh, let's see what your rolls are. Or at least let's hear what your roles are.
2: Oh, right. Fifteen.
0: Fourteen. Wait, well, then why are you videoing me if you don't want to see? Thirteen with my roll.
2: Fourteen. I think I tied with David.
3: Uh, roll off, then. Sure. I uh, got a six.
2: Sixteen. All right. So is that Sasha, Alley David, Brian? Yes. I'm Sasha, and I play
4: Faleth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and speaks to ghosts. And my fun fact about Faleth this week is that she believes rainbows are harbingers of doom and is unnaturally terrified of them. Huh.
2: My name's Allie. I'm playing Kwari anakalathi Bass, a Goliath paladin, and one thing that not many people know about Kwari is that she has two younger sisters, the youngest of which was raised as if she was not any relative of Kawari's. Her name was Gaki.
3: My name is David, and I am playing a human scholar by the name of Jovan. Um... Uh, uh, he was not the one that named his two dogs. They were both picked up from two different uh previous owners and that's a story that may yet come up
0: i'm Brian. I play Melian Barebone, who appears to be a uh half elven man young man with a red with red beard and red hair obviously like not a single one but actual red hair and red beard um a barbarian um and an interesting fact about him is that he has probably discredited more guards in the land than, uh, than fights, than these bid in
1: fights.
2: Well, that's impressive for a barbarian. Well, thank
1: you guys for that. With that, let's get into this. And remember here we roll with adventure. I mean, I
0: don't want to leave you guys hanging on that, so Thanks, Brian.
1: So when last we met, the party had started off in Frost Folly and moved through Bolden Gate towards the Nobles District. I in Bolden Gate you came across the household of Molgeba the spirit guardian that faileth had previously brought information about, and you learned a bit more while you were there. Now, we begin at the Price Auction House. You've gone past the guards, and you asked to see the appraiser. much ushered pretty quickly out of the main auction area, the actual auction floor of the building, and I seem to be going up a set of stairs around that are against the side of the building, heading towards the third floor. And as you go up them, you get a few glances out the windows. And can I have
3: perception checks Every single time I look at my sheet and look at my perception, I die a little bit. Oh, Nine. Sixteen.
1: As you're going up, some of you are interested to see the city from a bit of a higher perspective. The Nobles District is built up on a sort of larger hill on the side, so it has a pretty decent view of the city. But ultimately, you don't really notice much out there. So as you continue going up, you come to the third floor. You are brought to a well-appointed room. Has two couches and a table on it, as well as a rug and a another window that overlooks out onto the city. And there is a single door. Two guards stand on either side of the door. The assistant that led you up here bids you to take a seat. up with you so there is a total of four guards in the room at the moment right
0: but there weren't four guards two standing on each side of the door like, yeah, no that would be weird that's what i thought but if that sounded like what you said i was like that's a weird
1: setup thank you for clarifying mm-hmm. you sit down on the couches
4: i have recently learned about how amazing couches are so felix
1: absolutely
4: just makes one her new house
2: does it do they look sturdy oh. enough for quarry maybe not Okay, Quarry will stand. That's fine.
0: Melian will also stand. He's wearing a lot of weapons. I'm not sure how nice couches deal with so many
1: weapons.
4: This is very important. Cass, are these couches more comfy
1: than the ones in the magic room? No, they are not. Uh, They don't seem to be... You'd think they probably aren't necessarily as expensive. And they also don't seem to be as well kept and cared for. Uh, it seems like they, these, couches, these couches get a considerable amount of use of people coming in and waiting.
4: Joven, Yo, you've got much nicer couches than this in your your new magic room that just popped up. I hope you know. Um, nothing
3: but the best. Though, perhaps we should keep this talk about the magic room popping up in the house to a minimum until we're through with this.
4: Oh, all right. I thought people would be interested in it. It's pretty cool.
3: It is pretty cool. Um, I think it's just information right now is... You can think of it like a currency. We don't... Oh, no, maybe maybe you shouldn't think of it as a currency. Oh.
4: Oh, now I'm confused. Am I getting money for telling people things now? Kind of.
3: But you shouldn't spend it frivolously.
4: Frivolously?
3: I I <laughs> That's it a
4: brilliant new word. I love that. Frivolous. I'm just making fun of you, Yorvin. I'll be careful. I won't tell anyone about your magic house.
3: That's appreciated. Thank you. It's going to bug me now. Is it frivolously? Am I, am I going crazy? Frivolously. frivolously. Oh, of course it is.
2: I'm frivolous forever now. Like frivolous better. I think we can all adopt that.
1: <laughs> there are no frivolous things in this room.
2: <laughs> there is it's nothing frivolous of about this campaign. That's so true. It is an underused word.
0: Well, it's not a word to be used frivolously. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh, yes. Well done, Brian.
0: I had to unmute just so I could say that.
2: (laughs) It was worth it. I genuinely
1: enjoyed that. So as you sit there, you sit there for a few minutes, and then the the young man, the assistant, comes out. He looks at you and says, Please stay seated. Uh, The appraiser will beckon you in when he is ready. Before he begins to head down the stairs. Uh, You note that the two guards that came up with him stay, so that there are four guards in this room.
0: Melian will begin to pace.
3: Joven will uh, gently lay himself down on the couch and just close his eyes and meditate while he waits.
1: As the moments stretch on, uh, almost to the point where you feel like you're uncomfortable, the door opens just a slight crack, and you hear from within the bowels of that room beyond it. A voice say, Please send them in now. One of the guards sort of opens the doors wide and beckons you over. Finally. I was bloody bored.
0: And Melian stalks in. The will roll to
3: his feet
1: and follow him in. All of you make your way into the room. It's a large room. It's quite large. Uh, the You can see the beams uh, of the roof, as well as the crossbeams. And looking around, you see that it is full of boxes and tables. And walls that are lined with bookshelves and display cases. As you make your way in, uh, you note that there is a large table with a chair facing that is facing the table, facing away from you. And a small stool, two or three stools as if to make a staircase, uh, behind that chair. And as you approach it, the chair swivels, and an ancient-looking gnome looks up at you from behind thick, rimmed glasses. The gnome that looks up at you is probably about 3 feet 10 inches, with short wavy grey hair and an exceptionally long grey moustache. He's so ancient that his pale skin has rough whitish patches and tint to it, as well as speckles and swirls of dark grey, giving him an almost rocky appearance. Hello... I am Professor Ortec, though you may call me the Appraiser. To whom do I have the pleasure of appraising for today?" And he sort of smiles, his eyes crinkling as he does, and you realize that his entire face is made of wrinkles.
4: Faelith wants to draw him.
3: My name is Jovan, and it's an honor to meet you. These are my companions. faileth, Quarry. Melian.
1: Hello! Why, hello. What have you brought me today?
3: A strange artifact that seems to be tied in some way the mystery plaguing this town, the children who are missing, we've been hired by a third party to privately investigate the matter, and we're, on each family that we spoken to, we've found something that we can't identify, hidden along the belongings of the missing child. That faileth, if you be so kind.
4: Now, I'm going to give this to you to look at, but you've got to remember that it is mine, and I found it, and you can't keep it, all right? Uh, and she <laughs> hands over the artifact.
1: As you start to hand over the artifact, he sort of swivels his chair, and he grabs a tray. And he holds the tray out to you so that he's not actually going to be coming in contact and touching it himself. And you place it down on the tray, and he sort of swivels back and... You see him sort of hit a contraption next to him, and his chair sort of goes up a bit, and you hear the sound of him putting on gloves and bringing down... Over his table, I should have described, there are sort of these metal arms that are attached that have various things on them. Uh, Some of them are lenses of different colors, Uh, some of them are lenses of different magnification, things that are holding small little objects. Uh, And he starts to bring them down in a certain way and begins to inspect it. Ooh. Very interesting. Very
5: interesting.
0: Melian, familiar with the fact that this guy is going to take about an hour to explain the 30 seconds of information he probably has, Uh, leans back (laughs) against the wall near the door in a mirror of the guards outside and sort of like tilts his head down to his chest and the both the designs
2: quarry who has no experience with this is leaning forward like yes it's interesting okay tell me more faileth
4: is trying very hard not to grab any of the cool stuff he's got
3: he trying to figure out the exact right time to provide the baked treats that they've brought with but not to distract them
1: he uh is looking at it you see uh faileth because of how close you are you see that he takes a small knife and he's sort of like brushes it against the edge and he pulls some of that like brownish red away and he drops those shavings into a small little beaker and it looks like he's going to test what those are shortly but as he does he sort of peels away and you see that bluish line that sort of crystalline substance that's running through it and
0: CSI Dormer Hollow, huh?
1: (laughs) very very interesting. You well, see you're looking this? at that blue line, right?
4: That thing's cool.
1: Yes. Yes. He sort of removes one of his gloves and he puts his hand near the thing and goes, "Oh, interesting, interesting." You see this this the gray metal that you un- is under this perhaps rust or substance. It appears like it may be ire, but this bluish streak through it, this sort of almost mm, crystal or substance and the weight of this belies that it is actually not iron and this is not crystal at all well then what is it come come hold your hand closely like this and he sort of takes your hand and holds it over and you can feel it's very cold you've noticed this before that cold as well as these this makes it that this must be made of dwarite Ooh, what's that? It's a, a metal that is usually only found in the ruins of old Iltherin cities. You said that this was showing up here in town.
4: Mm-hmm. I found it uh, at both of the houses of, that we went to talk to for the kiddos that went missing. And it was in a dolly and in the lining of a coat
1: strange. You see, Dwarite is very hard to work with. It is unlike any other metal that I knew. It does not require heat. It requires the opposite. The colder it is, the more malleable it becomes. But at the common Temperature, or even in the fires of a volcano, it will not melt. This is perhaps one of the reasons that it was used for quite a bit throughout the Otheran cities. Actually, if I'm thinking about the past and waxing on things I have previously heard, if in cities are the only source of Dwerant. Except, of course, the rumor that it can be mined from in the mountain. No one's been able to confirm that, though. No. Very, very interesting.
3: There's more so, as well. Sorry, you go ahead.
1: Does that
4: mean that. So, does that mean that these these whatevers are from the Iliar Finid cities then
1: ah uh, Itherin the yeah, that's imp-
4: what said. he said
1: he sort of smiles and, and gives like a knowing nod yes yes well the Utherin empire fell such a long time ago but remnants of there prowess and great cities still survive. To be exact, the principality of Ilverness, if you were to go to the city of Ilverness, it is perhaps one of the largest and still fully functional cities. That is, of course, if the Genasi will let you inside, they do jealously guard their elements. Now, but as I was saying, the Iltharans. The Dwerite has been only really found in cities that are, or at least nearby the ruins of Iltherin cities and places of power. Uh, I've been told that you can't even find it anywhere else, though there is that old rumor that there was a vein of it found inside the Dwemer Mount. So this is quite interesting. You see, Dwarite, it's it's so hard to use. It, it actually requires a special forge, even. Uh, I, I I don't think I can even remember a smith that in this area has been able to... Actually, you know, that's... I don't think that's right. I do remember there was a young dwarven smith. Yes, but I thought that he left on an expedition to find uh, where I don't about know about um, a year ago, I think, maybe. What was his name? What was his name? He would be able to help you if you could find him. Oh. Straw Wreck Frostheart. That was his name,
4: I think. fully stopped paying attention.
3: There was more as well. On the same sites where we found these artifacts, there were etchings made. And we found them elsewhere in town as well. And, you know, will pull out one of the uh, the etchings that he made of the one in the uh, alleyway. They seem to be connected somehow, and they they have some sort of strange effect on magic that we can't figure out the purpose.
1: Eden? he's going to look down at it and you see him sort of looking at it and are these exact replicas or are they slightly could could there be error?
3: Uh, they were done by hand on site ah, yes.
1: so they are most likely at least mostly correct and, hmm, this does look like moment and he sort of swirls he swivels his chair around and he scoots his butt forward and then he runs down the set of stools that are in front building the small little stairs and he runs over to a wall of books and you see him going along looking and then he sort of climbs up a bit and sort of pulls his he has one of those ladders that sort of like treks and travels around the room with him uh along the bookcases and he sort of pulls himself along so he's looking 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 Ah, oh, yes 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 here this this one and he sort of pulls it out and pops it into his arm and then goes a bit further and pulls another one and pops that down and then goes off and grabs another one and then grabs a scroll and comes running back over to his desk Oh, I haven't had this much fun in so long. Everyone's like, this is my great-great-grandfather's sword. You bought that last week.
4: I don't think I have a great-great-grandfather.
1: Well, that's that's interesting, but I won't get Bailiff, sidetracked. don't be
0: ridiculous. Of course you have a great-great-grandfather.
1: Oh, who is he?
0: Well, I i mean, I don't know.
4: Well, then how do you know I have one?
0: You wouldn't exist otherwise. That's how genealogy works.
4: Gina you know what
0: uh, Something my mother told me about.
4: Oh. Okay. Uh,
0: sure. Melian, however, has not
1: moved or opened his eyes excellent so as you see here ignoring the majority of the lines the intricacies of how this is laid out without the full symbol we most assuredly can't identify it but you see these two symbols here (laughs) this one it repeats itself a few times on this symbol you've provided but this one this one in the middle these appear to be written in draconic, but there is a stylistic signifier here that delineates which dialect. You see, draconic is usually written out at block. Each letter is delineated in its own self. It is not connected or bound together. Versus here, you can clearly see that they have been conjoined, creating individual words. Usually they'd have, uh, for, if this was the majority of other draconic writings, there would be uh, certain punctuation pieces to represent spaces. They they don't need that here. Gaps between the words. This, most assuredly, is Iltherin Draconic. Now, Iltherin Draconic. Was the language utilized by spellcasters during the height of the Iltharan magiocracy before it fell into ruin, and it is why many wizards today still utilize Draconic for their spellcasting, at least when writing out rituals and such. This, this one here, this house-like symbol, you see, this looks like it, perhaps is. I think. Where is that? and he pulls out a, one of the books that he brought over and it's a large dictionary that he begins to leaf through and he finds it. Ah, yes, yes, this is the representation of fur which, if we were to translate into our common tongue uh, comes out to meaning about approximately and or join or, or continue it's utilized to connect ideas. Now, this one here, this one that sort of looks like a mm, a waterfall with a slant over it. This one, this I think is he flips yes, yes, yes. this is air. Which translates approximately to mine. It's a possessive word, or claim, or focus. Now I think I have a treatise on Iltharin magic somewhere in here. I'm sure I grabbed it. And he begins looking through, and then he pulls out, he opens that scroll that he brought over. He sort of is scanning through it, scanning through it, scanning. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Ver, the r- symbolic representation of and or continue a join is often utilized to extend the boundaries of Eutheran ritualistic spells. But the ritual will still be exacting in its drawing. What this means is that each of your... If you say that you found other symbols like this, each of these where there is an end, that is representing a direct line to another location in which an adjoining symbol has been drawn utilized to extend and expand the area over which magic will take effect, perhaps, or to meet, perhaps, certain qualifications required by the ritual. Now, air. Iltherin ritual magic. It is very much bound to the user. Quite often they claim and they take, drawing power from the land or from things, people or objects. And this, they are perhaps claiming what has been taken, or perhaps this is meant to be a focal point, something that perhaps focuses a certain type of energy in this area for later
4: use. So that's how the shadows find them, then!
1: Uh, I, without seeing the entire uh, ritual, it would be quite hard to determine. Thinking back, though, I do remember hearing uh, not that long ago of a Iltherin ritual codex that was being sold. I think in what city was that? Uh, Adenon. I, I heard a while back. Perhaps.
3: Yovin's face be, pales.
1: P- perhaps that might be. That might have had some instance in what is. In this? I. Iltherin spellbooks are quite rare, and to be honest, those that are found are usually quite quickly locked away. Iltherin ritual magic is very powerful and very old. The Iltherin magiocracy, it is said, was able to control every inch of Eventy. shape the world to their will. Only their hubris and a rumored affront to the gods is what we know of why their empire was lain low Uh, have the other symbols any of the other ones perhaps we could try to put it together.
3: Uh, Yvonne um, shakes himself and uh, faileth uh, the other etchings.
4: Right. Um I we drew the we drew them both I think. Cory, Cora uh, will uh, hand over the one that they have. I think that's both of them All right? We've only been to two places.
2: Uh yeah, I have the one from Mirabelle's, and then I think you had the one from uh, Roaldol's, and then Brian, or David had the one from the sidewalk?
3: Yeah. Uh, it was just the three, I think.
2: Yeah. Cass, is that right? There was only three of yeah. them,
1: right? Uh, you only have three of them. Interesting, interesting. He says, looking at the... One from uh, uh, Rule Dolls. Uh, he sort of puts it next to the one from Mirabelle's, and you see where he brings them together. It he overlaps the uh, joining symbols. It looks like we have a corner here, perhaps, but no, at the same time, not. You see, if you could perhaps utilize this distance between these two and take that into account, you may be able to actually determine the possible locations of where others are. But I do digress. I do is there anything else that you are hoping to have appraised from me? Anything that you might be thinking of submitting to the auction? I would be very interested in uh, obtaining some of that where right it could be sold for in quite a decent amount. And of course, you, if you were to submit it to the auction, would receive a portion of the proceeds obtained. Unless, of course, you wish to donate them to charity. There are a few nice local charities as well.
2: Is there anything governing how the Dwerite is used? In the circumstances in which we found it, it seems to be used for an evil purpose, but that is presumably not inherent in the metal. Is it something about this symbol? I don't think that we should part with something that could be so sinister
1: will and where it can be utilized to imbue objects with both strength and frigid power if it were to say be crafted into a blade it would hold some of that cold in it and be able to imbue that into the strikes while maintaining the strength stopping the blade from becoming brittle under the cold temperatures. But that is not the main reason it was utilized by your It is an exceptional focus for magic, and it can be used to channel or contain magic. Even effects that could be at, say, a later moment discharge.
2: is there any way to tell what magic such an item has held?
1: Sadly, I I do not know of a way. It it may be possible, but uh, I don't think that looking at this, uh, it it doesn't appear to be holding any magic at this time, so whatever its purpose was, that purpose has been
2: interesting
4: Necromancers
1: use it uh, well uh, under the Otharan matriocracy uh, no magic was viewed, was banned any magic was acceptable and quite often researched uh, hence why they became such powerful such a powerful empire. But, uh. So I assume that perhaps back then, yes, it could have had uses uh, specific to such a dark and forbidden art, but nowadays, uh, unless someone perhaps was able to obtain a ritual spellbook or, or an arcane codex of Ilferian design, uh, I would know much of the magic from that time has been lost to us.
0: This does not explain the connection to the children.
2: If it could hold a spell, it is possible, I suppose, that it could hold some kind of location spell that would draw someone to it if they knew what they were looking for, or was found with the parents so perhaps it put them to sleep at an opportune moment I I don't know
3: part of the trap that was laid for these but no professor I don't think it would be wise for us to part with these quite so soon until our investigation has concluded well, I... you
1: do know where you could bring them for a decent penny, at least. So, please do keep me in mind. Oh, what do I see under your arm there, young man? You see his eyes have sort of gone wide, and he's looking at what clearly is a box of sweets.
0: <laughs> well, give the man his donuts.
3: We would not be so unwise as to come seeking your guidance empty-handed. These come compliments of the bakers of Frost's Folly. Is there an actual name for the bakery?
1: Probably. It's probably just the owner's name, last name. So it's... Unimportant! (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Yeah. So you uh, you I hand the box over and he opens it and he oh yes this is delicious I'm sure that it's not actually the baker it's probably his wife that made this one I if I know the place I I have sent some of Montgomery's sons previously to get me baking from there. Uh-huh. Jovan, you know that Mon- it, the individual he's referencing, Montgomery, is Montgomery Price, the proprietor of the Price Auction House, and that he has four sons, right. all gnomes.
3: <laughs> all right. I'll tuck that in. Right. Right. Each little bit of information.
1: Yes, yes. Only this I feel like this. Mm. Actually, this might be important and it might help you. Before you go. Iltharin ritual magic because it requires an individual to claim a to claim the ritual as their own to be able to draw on its power it requires a symbol affiliated with that individual to be utilized at its center if you can find the center you can determine who
2: is behind this did you not did mean not the, shown the half house the symbol that is within the center of each of the no no
1: Each of these is but
2: a small fragment of
1: a larger symbol. At the center of that larger symbol is where you will find ownership. I see. That you say these are scattered across the small, small city does concern me. I certainly hope that there are none nearby the auction house. Such a powerful and such a large symbol could undoubtedly have dire repercussions.
2: May I ask, you mentioned that these symbols can extend one another. Is that did I understand that correctly? Yes, yes,
1: this usage of ver the,
2: the one that you
1: think looks like an entire house, not a half house.
2: In that case, would it matter if there were a symbol near the auction house if, say, the auction house were encircled by such symbols? Anything that is within the bounds of the complete ritual
1: symbol will be at stake. Perhaps that even squ- larger, dependent on what kind of spell this is.
0: And would destruction of the marks on the ground be of any use
1: no the damage has been done were you to perhaps look at these marks magically you would see that now they radiate simply the scar has been made upon the land and until the ritual is either broken Actually, though, you're, by saying that, were you to destroy the symbol of ownership in the center, you could perhaps break and break it. Or if there is, as you say, a, perhaps a pattern, stopping that pattern, stopping it from moving forward, that, that would nullify it and they would... Whoever is doing this would need to start from the beginning. It only takes one
2: link to break.
0: Paladin, I will need a hammer.
2: I'm afraid I do not carry such an item, but perhaps one could be purchased for you? What shall you do with it?
0: Well, when we find the third symbol, I will smash it. The central symbol.
3: Uh, the ownership.
2: Quarry will turn to the appraiser and say, is it such a simple matter, or will magic be required to remove it?
1: Honestly, I can't tell you. If you were perhaps to get a hold of the book or scroll from which this is being cast, we could determine better. But with only a small fragment of this larger ritual. I cannot tell you if that would have dire circumstances as well, or if it would simply wipe it away, but were you to stop the continued claiming of locations, whatever else is being done at each of them well this sim after this symbol just as shortly after the smaller symbol has been inscribed then yes that would halt it without the requirement of further magic
3: thank you professor we have learned more here than we could have possibly hoped
1: well, I am sure if you do find anything that has a ritual on it or a scroll or a book even I would be most I would be most interested in looking at it, and perhaps even having it sold here at the auction house for you were you to agree to part with it. Uh, I'm sure that uh, something like that could be exceptionally expensive you could live <laughs> like a noble.
3: Yes, I suppose one could. If we find... Now that for...
1: with, with that, uh, I, I do think that we are running out of time. I, I think that it perhaps might be best if... Unless you have something else that I can appraise to move on.
2: Cass, I may have missed this. Did he tell us what the brown substance was that he took a sample of?
1: No. I think you distracted him.
2: Oh. In that case, uh, Quarry will say, Sir, I thank you for the information, but the the brown substance coating the the object, the dwarite, are you able to tell us what it is? Oh,
1: oh, yes, I forgot about that. Um, you see, he takes the little... Uh, beaker that he dropped it into the shaving that he dropped the shavings into and he, he pulls individual shavings out and drops them on a couple different things and takes a few little tinctures and begins to test them and over the next say 15 20 minutes he goes through a whole bunch of different things and then he swivels his chair and looks at you inconclusive it might be rust it might be blood I don't know at least it's if foolish it is, uh, if, it, if it is Melian blood, will
0: head over for the first time taking action dip his finger in the in the shavings and then like touch it to his
2: tongue <gasps> oh no
1: um,
4: is it blood Melian
1: Melian you get a sort of iron it it tastes like blood but you also get sulfur.
0: If it is blood, it is a tainted blood. But I. Or perhaps blood mixed with some sort of. sulfur. Perhaps.
2: Tainted blood? Whoa! <laughs> perhaps I admit I said it and
1: thought that. <laughs> perhaps this has been coated to help keep it from being noticed or recognized. Ah. Wow. Noting this, it does appear that uh, only these places that we have removed it uh, are irradiating the cold that Dwarite is so well known for.
3: An inhibiting agent, then. Mm.
1: There's a knock at the door and... Come in... The uh, young man sort of pokes his head and says, are There are a few more individuals here, sir. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, this party will be leaving shortly. Uh, please leave them sitting out there, and uh, I'll, I'll bring them in after I have a cup of tea. I'd like to eat my sweets. You see his eyes sort of go a bit wide and wild. <laughs>
4: I know exactly how you feel. Sugar is the greatest thing that's ever been created in the history of ever.
1: And that includes couches. Sugar, my dear, is the thing that I most live for. I used to live for my work, but it's been so dull these past years. Though, this, this is quite interesting. And I most assuredly would love to be apprised of what else you learn.
3: We stumble across further mysteries. We'll make sure that you are one of the first to lay his eyes on them. Oh, thank you,
1: thank you. <laughs> and he sort of puts out one of his hands to shake. If you go to take his hand, his hand feels like you probably could crush every bone in it very, very easily.
3: Yovin delicately shakes his hand.
1: Well, Master Yovin, mm, Young Miss Faelith and Master Melian and... Master...
2: Kawori M- 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 will just sort of like nod their head and bow slightly and say thank you for your assistance. Thank you. This is
1: quite lovely and I will enjoy these sweets over a cup of tea. Thank you. Now please see your way out.
0: Before before the before he, he leaves, Felian will lean over real close to the the gnome and say they are a paladin, as if that is helpful, and then
1: leave.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs>
1: He sort of like crinkles his eyes, but you are and looks in your direction, but you're already walking away. Yep. And you head down and out. My goodness, we learned a lot. As you leave the Price Auction House, you are again presented with the uh, Shroudstone Plaza the large column of dark stone standing in the center of it. On your left, you can see Marsha's best cask, a tavern, and Tilgan's threads, and a few other merchants scattered around, all in nice, quite nice buildings, mostly homes that have been repurposed into shops. And looking about, it appears that it is now about midday. You've just received quite a bit of information. Uh, would you perhaps like to stop for a bite and discuss it? Or are you going to press on?
2: I don't think we can discuss this where we could be overheard, can we?
3: Um, either way, is there a way to send a message to have the uh, to have Alan meet us at the Noble District?
2: Mm. Uh...
1: Probably not.
2: Let's swing by and pick him up.
1: I
0: absolutely don't recommend that we bring Alan and one of these swords so that we can break it in front of him. That, that sounds
3: like...
0: Almost guaranteed to get us arrested and put in stocks
3: at the very least. If we tell him it's happening ahead of time, and ask him if he wants proof, and let it be him to make the choice to do so. Mm. Even yeah. Yeah.
2: So. I thought we were bringing Alan with us primarily for the credibility as he's established in the community and could verify the crazy story that we're about to tell. And then if necessary, we could set up a demonstration, probably not like right there in his living room.
3: Yeah. It, actually, I'm I'm with Brian on this, I think. Uh, with Melian, I suppose. Um, probably best to avoid a demonstration unless actively pressed for one. Mm-hmm but having them there to be like, yeah, yeah, there was definitely elementals busting out of this thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're not just crazy people from out of town coming in and making stories in your living room. Yeah. I mean, that, is,
0: that assumes a, a, a relationship between that noble and this guy anyway. Otherwise, it won't matter that this guy's from the town. The story won't seem any less crazy. Mm. So I, I, I would venture that we shouldn't bring Alan into it until we need it. Fewer NPCs involved, so we better.
5: That's fair.
1: Thank you for not having me talk to myself in front of you. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking (laughs) that I didn't really want to have a whole scene where
0: uh, Cass explained to himself what exactly had happened, then like had to have like a really intense questioning period.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we we can try to give it a go without bringing Alan.
0: Besides, I don't understand why you would think someone wouldn't believe me. I am nothing if not Incredible.
4: Melian. and maybe Quarry just wants to see Alan again. <laughs> they have a love that rivals the ages. But,
0: Faelic, even you should know that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Does it? I mean, that's the expression.
4: I've never heard that one. I like that. Does that mean you'd like me more if I went away for a while?
0: Sometimes.
4: <laughs> I'm going to have to think about this very carefully
2: <laughs> oh god Phelous is going to go off and get lost and we'll never be able to find her but she'll be <sighs> what are we going to do By making your hearts grow fonder
3: <laughs> it feels good to have a direction now we n- have a definitive lead we know how to find the root of this and cut it out.
2: Indeed. We certainly learned a lot from the Appraiser.
0: However, Alan might be able to provide me with my hammer.
2: This is true.
3: That is true.
0: I changed my mind. Let's go to... No, I'm kidding.
3: (laughs) It has been something that's weighing on my mind. I'm not sure if these swords are due to erupt later or sooner, but I'd rather be fully equipped when they do.
2: I, for one, do not have the means to equip myself more fully than I currently am.
0: Friend Jovan, did you again forget to bring a weapon? You may have one of my hand axes. Melian will hand, hold out his hand
3: there. Jovan uh, uh, will take it gingerly. It's, I didn't take the steps necessary to protect myself in the city. I didn't expect to be getting into scraps. But.
2: Well, I don't think anyone expected whatever was trapped in that sword. I was very surprised.
0: I always expect to get into a scrap.
4: You always expect things to burst out of swords, Melian. That's very
2: clever of you.
1: So with that, where are you guys off to? What are
3: you going to do?
2: I think we're headed to the Noble District. Is that right?
3: Technically, we're in the Noble District.
2: Oh. Well, I guess then we're heading to Lord Buchanan's house. Indeed. Cass, as we're on the way, Quarry is keeping their eye out for any signs of new construction, or relatively new construction, because it will have been at least partially constructed seven months ago.
0: Does Yeoven already know where uh, Buchanan's manor is?
2: Um,
3: yeah, I should be able to to find where it is. I'm assuming, as
1: such, Cass? I don't see a reason for you not to know where it is. I assume you've just wandered around the city a whole bunch and read nameplates and such like that.
5: Yeah.
0: Then I won't flag down a random passerby and make
1: them tell me where his house is. Uh, So you continue through the Noble District. The one thing to note here is that most of the Noble District is larger green space with disparate manors sort of... Plopped uh, with fences around them and uh, gates scattered throughout it. The noble district—it's if you were to say—look down at the map of Dwemer Hollow. It's in the uh, southwestern corner of the city, uh, and it is an artificial island almost uh, that has been built up or has had canals cut around it on probably where naturally formed rivers used to be separating it from the rest and with its back up against straight against the city wall and three large guard towers scattered across it the buchanan manor is right up against or the estate of the buchanan manor is right up against the water of the canal on the canal side that faces into Waldengate. And Old Town, sort of, almost on like the border between the two of them. If you were on the other side of and looking out it from the canal across the canal, it's not that far actually from the cider bridge that you came over earlier. It is a large, opulent manor. Uh, It appears to be two stories, three in some places. uh, It's built sort of, uh, think in the style of like a Louisiana plantation. Some like more like the old southern style, so it's a bit more sprawling a bit more of a rancher.
0: On our way, um, Melian is going to sidle up to Cory and say, Paladin, you have much experience with necromancers, yes? Yes, do I recall my mythology correctly? And that there is a, or perhaps not mythology, but my knowledge of death magicians correctly that there is a type of powerful death magician who must claim some sort of
2: territory that's his own? Has Allie does not know. Not that
1: you haven't come across any. You've definitely heard people say, like, the lair of a necromancer before, like, rooting out evil at its lair, but...
2: But that's not more than them having, like, a home base. It's... Yeah. At least to your understanding. And Stefan never told me anything about...
1: No. Yeah, You have not heard... It. You did not hear anything about something like that, from one of your teachers. Though, Melian might be correct.
2: Well, I'm honestly not sure, friend Melian. I have never experienced or heard of such a thing myself, but that isn't to say that it doesn't exist.
0: Hmm. I seem to remember having heard legends of a type of mage who drew power from the space, and the larger space they could uh, sequester as their own the greater their power perhaps yes. we could consider that trying to take an entire city would create quite a a large power base
2: indeed I I would agree perhaps this is something that we can find out more about
0: though I don't know where if you do not know
2: well I could certainly ask at the Temple of Sol there may be some there more learned than I am or who have access to books that may shed some light on this situation
3: shed some light
1: (laughs) (laughs) soul the sun god so as your conversation continues uh, you draw nearer to where Joven knows that the the entrance to the estate
3: should be
2: has quarry seen any houses new houses? sadly no oh darn
3: I feel like when we lead into this conversation, perhaps we should start with what we've learned at the Auction House. It may be more pressing to him, having lost his son, knowing that there might be a a hint of a purpose behind it.
2: Yes, I think that is a good angle to take. We are investigating the disappearances of all the children, and so, of course, naturally we do come to him.
3: In this case, I will leave it to you, Quarry. I think that your history and profession will lend you some credence. Phaeleth.
4: Yes?
0: Do not forget that if there is a child that has disappeared from this house, they are likely to find another, or we are likely to find another uh, oh that's changed.
4: While you're talking to him, I'll have Mother lead me to where all the the, uh, magic-y
2: stuff is. I think perhaps we may want to discuss our plan of action, for this is a different situation than the other houses that we've been to. This man has power and standing in the community, and he also has servants that will be in the house. It will not be easy for you to sneak about, nor do I believe he will be as easily... Um, convinced to let us roam through his house as some of the others have been.
0: I shall accompany I'll just Tell him what we're looking sure for.
2: Right. Indeed, but I think we should seek his permission.
0: I shall what accompany Feyla and ensure that she does not do anything uh, inappropriate.
4: I would never.
3: Perhaps in this case, we might have the Lord accompany him. Us himself, so that he can see firsthand.
2: Yes, I think that may help establish some credibility. If he comes with us, sees we cannot have planted any of the things that we find,
3: he could be a powerful ally here. If we play our cards right, we are facing a, a threat that against the entire city, one that has infiltrated the entirety of the guard. Having a noble in our pocket would be helpful.
0: This is a noble that is has already really on the Is he really that outs.
2: small?
3: He will
0: not be of much <laughs> use
2: to us. I don't... Jovan, that is a interesting question. Is he on the outs or was he simply overruled in the matter of the town guard?
3: <clears throat> My knowledge ends at the border of the political sphere. I don't keep up to date with the squabbling of nobles. He is perhaps less popular than the others and more outspoken a little less afraid to break the mold and that makes him a little... he has a reputation. Still, uh, he has money and he has enough of a stature to at least have his voice heard where we might be turned away.
4: Turned away from where, though?
3: If we do end up needing to speak to the guards and possibly go about disarming them, I doubt they'll do it on our request, but with his weights there might be some new avenue we could take.
0: Once I have seen him we may be able to provide a simulacrum to enforce his authority without perhaps his needing to attend.
3: Is there anything that we can do for you to make such a disguise, if it's necessary, more convincing? Well,
0: the acquisition of some appropriate clothing. But otherwise, I have all the necessaries.
2: This seems to be planning for a disaster that we do not yet know has arisen. Perhaps all will be well and we will be able to have him on our side and and no such extremity will be necessary.
3: Yeah, Indeed, that,
0: is, that would be the preferred outcome but it is never hurt never hurts to make a plan for when things go inevitably sideways
2: quarry will lead the way up to the door
1: okay so as you take a turn uh, yovan uh, gestures that you've you've come to pretty much like a large walled estate and there is a gate and the gate is closed at the front and you do see two guards standing just inside of the gate but they are not in the livery of the city. These do not look like your town, your typical town guards. This looks like personal guardsmen and soldiers of a noble.
2: Okay, and do th- I sp- can I tell from where we are whether they have Quent's weapons? No,
1: you're not. I wouldn't say that you're able to inspect their weapons close enough for that.
2: Okay. At what time of day is it? Is it afternoon yet? A
1: little bit after midday.
2: Okay. Gwari will call out to the guards. Good afternoon. May the light of soul shine upon you. Good afternoon. I'm here to speak with Lord Buchanan. Is the Lord expecting you? No. They sort of
1: glance at each other and then look at you. The Lord usually does not take unannounced visitors.
2: I understand. It is a wise policy for one in his position, I'm sure. But I and my comrades are investigating the disappearances of the children from this city. And I understand that the Lord's son is missing. We have some information and seek to gather more.
1: They sort of look at each other. They confer quietly, just out of earshot. And then you see one of them turns and begins to walk towards the manor and is sort of hailing one of the guards that looks like they're standing at the front steps who runs over and meets them halfway. And as the other guard comes back towards you, he says, Ah, I have summoned my lord's manservant. If he deems that what you have to say is for the ears of Lord Buchanan, then
2: we will let you inside. Thank you, I appreciate that. Tell me, have you been a guard here long? I've served the Buchanans uh, for the past five years or so. And were you present on the night that his son disappeared? Sadly, no. So interesting.
1: Had I been, I am sure that young Hector would still be here. Ah, the young master. Such light. Now, this place. Such despair.
2: Hmm. "'Understandable. Interesting how few—and by few I mean no—witnesses there have been to the disappearance of any of the children.'" Sort of nods his head, as if he's trying to be polite.
1: (laughs) A few minutes go by, and you see a man that looks like he's probably in his late fifties, early sixties, with graying hair and in full formal attire— Uh, That sort of looks like what you'd expect a butler or a chamberlain to look like. comes down the walk. Hello. I hear that you are here to see Master Buchanan. That you have information, perhaps, about his son.
2: Indeed, yes. We have been investigating the disappearances of the children of this city. We have visited the residences of two of the disappeared chi- dis- disappeared children. Dis- two of the children that have disappeared. And we have gathered some information, but seek to gather more. And we're hoping that the Lord Buchanan would speak with us on this matter.
3: Joveno, pipe in. We may have... Pff- some additional information we've gleaned from the Price Auction House. Uh, artifacts found on site. We believe that one of these artifacts may be within Buchanan's home, and he may not even be aware.
1: His eyes sort of go a little bit wide, and then they narrow. I will have no flimflammery. I will have no foolishness. Whatever you say
2: will be true. I... I am offended that you would think that a paladin of soul would come to you with flammery and lies. Others have come before, those saying that they
1: are one thing when they are in fact another. Now, I will agree to let you inside, but the Lord may still not choose to listen to you. Please, come this way. The guard's Open the gate for you. Uh,
2: we step inside and we and follow they
1: close us. the gate behind you and they lock it. You see the manservant raise his hand, he sort of snaps his finger, and a few other guards uh, that you now see were stationed in sort of like small guard houses off the side of either side of the gate come out and escort you to the manor.
2: Cass, who has the gate key?
1: It looks like it was on the guard that walked away from the gate earlier. So not the one that you were talking to, but the one that the one that you were talking to seemed to confer with. Okay. As you're walking, this is quite a well-manicured estate from the look of it. You can see small rose bushes scattered around. And as you drop, uh, there's a fountain in front of the house. You come up to the front door. It's open. As the manservant comes towards it, and you are beckoned inside, he asks you to wipe your feet, and to remove any, sho- to remove your shoes if they are in a state of disrepair. And then brings you to a small, not actually that small, sitting room with a nice rug, a wooden table, a a wooden sort of like coffee table fireplace, uh, two armchairs, a small side table, and a a nice big uh, couch uh, that has a few paintings scattered around the room, as well as some bookshelves uh, and stands with various objects on them. He says, please take a seat and we will be, I will announce you I assume that uh, he got your names on the way up. Mm, Okay. Uh, So that you are aware his name is Gerard. Gerard disappears, and you are ostensibly
2: alone in this room. Quarry doesn't sit down. Well, it seems to be going as well as can be expected so far. What you said was helpful, Jovan, thank you.
3: I felt like we had to come as though we were offering something of asking.
2: Yes. Phaeleth is still very
4: concerned because she wasn't wearing shoes, and she's trying to decide if uh, she should have like tried to scrape her feet off or something.
0: Melian notices and goes, Phaeleth, what happened to the boots I purchased for you?
4: I didn't put them on this morning.
0: <sighs> Cities can be very dangerous places, Phaeleth. You need to wear your boots.
4: But we were... I was like playing with the dogs and we were climbing the wall and then we just went out and I forgot to go and get them.
0: I'm going to need to purchase a pair to bring with me, aren't I?
4: (laughs) No. You just have to remind me when we leave the house.
0: I shouldn't need to remind you to put shoes on.
4: Well, most of the time I never had none, so I'm still getting used to it.
3: If you're gonna be frequenting the houses of nobles, maybe pick up a pair of slippers or something. Maybe more convenient. Mm.
0: Melian gives Yovan the flattest look possible and says, Are you anxious to watch her ruin slippers, friend Jovan?"
1: <laughs> well, hmm. What
2: do you guys do while you wait? I think Quarry would look around to see you know just make an assessment of how fancy this is in comparison to the fanciest place they've ever been which it is no doubt fancier what is the fanciest
1: place you've ever been
2: well quarry's been t- been in the homes of nobles before but generally not for a place this size so i don't know i suppose it depends how high ranking and well off buchanan is but presumably living in this city with a title and some money, he's probably better off than the nobles that Quarries used to dealing with in the smaller towns. Where, like, one noble might be in charge of that whole area, as opposed to there possibly being several nobles in one place.
1: Okay. Oh, so you're internally doing a comparison. What are the rest of you doing?
3: Uh you have my turn to faileth, and it's does your mother sense another one of those artifacts nearby?
1: Is my mother here? uh yes, your mother is here. It looks like she's pulled down into the skull, which she does do from time to time, but she's not clacking and it's not glowing.
4: Mum, will you help me again like you did in the other houses?
1: You get a feeling that she will, but you don't there doesn't appear to be any outward sign of it. I think she'll help.
4: I guess we'll find out.
3: Is there any way to for her to tell us if there is one of the artifacts here in the home? It'd be terribly embarrassing to tell the noble that there's almost certain to be one and only for us to wander around and find ourselves empty-handed at the end of it all.
4: Is there something here, ma'am?
3: You don't get a response, but you do
1: recognize that this house is much bigger than the others you were in.
4: Well, she's not being very cooperative right now, but it could very well be that there's nothing that she can sense right here. It's a big house.
3: All right, that's fair. We'll have to just trust that the veteran holds.
1: I suppose. Million, what are you up to?
0: Um, keeping an eye on Phelan.
1: That's understandable. Okay. So, you all are waiting in this room. Can I have a perception check from Faileth and from Yofa? All right. 15.
3: Oh, that is a not one. So, a zero.
1: Faileth because of how interested you've been in couches. One thing I will note is that the couches and armchairs in this room—they're the same pattern as the ones in the house on Sapphire Lane.
4: Melian, no, Yovin. I'm so used to yelling at Melian. (laughs) Yovin, come here. I'm not supposed to say anything about your—you know what. But these couches are the same as the ones in the you-know-where.
3: Are they? And Jovan will turn and actually investigate them properly.
1: It's the same pattern, see? It does look like it is the same pattern and the same type of wood. So perhaps there was an individual at some point that was local that was creating these. But that also does tell you that they cost a considerable penny.
3: Oh, that's interesting. If we can find out the source of these, then perhaps we can find. But we shouldn't get off track. Still.
0: What are you two whispering about?
4: These are the same as
2: the magic couches that I'm not supposed to talk about.
0: Hmm. All right, then.
4: I'm being very circumspect. Do you notice?
0: I'm surprised you know what circumspect means. Good work.
4: I talk to a lot of really old and dead people.
1: And with that, uh, the door opens, and you see Gerard, the manservant, standing there. The lord of the manor will see you. Thank you. Come this way. And he takes you to another room looks like it's another sitting room. It's laid out quite similarly, but on one end of it, there is a large desk. Above the fireplace in this room, there is a large portrait of a man and a woman and a young boy. And as you enter the room, you note that the same man in the portrait is sitting at the desk, waiting mm. for you.
2: Good afternoon, my lord. May the blessings of soul be upon you. May the blessings of soul be upon you, Paladin.
1: What brings you and your companions here?
2: My companions and I have been looking into the disappearances of the children of this city. And we have come to he sort learn of raises an eyebrow as you say that. <laughs> Quarry's just gonna continue on. Through our investigations we have learned some things that We would like to share with you, as we understand that your son, unfortunately, is also missing. Our ultimate goal, if it is possible, is to find the children and return them to their families. We are hoping for your cooperation, as we would like to, of course, ask you some questions, as you, unfortunately, have also been personally touched by this series of events And we hope that you will give us leave to examine your son's room, as there have been some interesting commonalities among the houses of the children that we have investigated to date. Quarry will pause to see if he's going to ask any questions, or if they should just launch right in. He sort of raises an eyebrow. And what information have you gleaned? Well, it appears that the chi- there is a pattern to the disappearances of the children. They seem to go missing on or around the new moon. And the parents of the children do not seem to be woken by the leaving of their children, or the taking of their children, as the case may be. In all circumstances, we have found, although I admit we have only investigated two homes, we have found a strange marking in or near the room of the child, in one case underneath the child's bed, in another on the underside of the floor of the child's bedroom. We have also found at both sites a strange metallic object that is identical in both cases.
3: These objects we took to the appraiser at the auction house and he has told us that they are symbols of a ritual of Iltharian origin. Uh, he'll continue to let quarry.
2: We don't yet know the purpose of the ritual which is one of the reasons that we are hoping you will let us investigate your son's room and perhaps around his room. The more symbols that we gather we hope will enlighten us as to the purpose of the ritual and also help us possibly predict the next disappearance if if such a thing is possible. If there is a pattern to the locations. Um, do you have questions, or shall I go on? That is
1: quite a bit to take in. Uh,
2: please, continue. If you seek proof, we can show you the two objects that we located... There is very little information about the disappearances of the children themselves that we have gleaned from the families, but through other inquiries, and Quarry will take a quick look at Faileth, we have learned that the thing that takes the children, as far as we can tell, does not appear to be human. It It is something that seems to defy description so far, and well, I know this sounds far-fetched and hard to believe, it, it seems that it would be difficult to stop such a thing. And, and, well, I, I hesitate to say this, as I have no wish to give false hope to anyone, but we have reason to believe that at least one of the children is still alive. My, sorry, my companion has the ability to communicate with spirits and one such spirit tied to one of the children is still able to sense that child. What this means, we cannot entirely be sure, but it does give us hope that we do not search in vain.
1: He raises his eyebrow again. This time he looks a bit more incredulous.
4: Oh, it's true. I can try to talk to your dead people for you if you like.
2: Maybe not at this exact moment. Uh, But if you do require proof of my friend's abilities, I'm sure she will be more than happy to oblige you. But... Even if you do not believe that, the fact of the matter is there does seem to be a connection between the disappearances of all of the children, no matter where they have disappeared from. And we hope to gather enough information to be able to stop the disappearance of future children and to locate the children that have gone missing already. I understand as a parent this may be something that you... Wish to assist us with, though I can understand that you may be skeptical of our intentions, as I am sure there are those that would seek to take advantage of one in your position. However, I will say that we are not asking for anything from you, simply information to aid us in our continued investigation
3: most critically and you will pull out the the sketching of the symbols the discussions we have had with the appraiser point to the if we can collect all the symbols associated with the kidnappings, we might be able to find the center of whatever pattern it is they create. And he is confident that at the center will be something that will identify the one behind the kidnappings.
0: And then I will smash it.
2: With a hammer! It is believed that destroying the central symbol will destroy the ritual that is being wrought. This
1: is quite a conspiracy that you are talking about. I had thought that my son had been kidnapped and would that we would receive ransom demands but at this time we have not
0: Ah, uh, yes we believe the the kidnappings are connected to the swords the guardsmen have all received as well
1: Ugh. what?
2: Corey looks a little um like they're there's not there's monsters qu- in them oh Oh, and
0: that you have been targeted based on your reluctance to allow the suspicious blacksmith to provide his weapons to the guard. My,
2: my, 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 um. my, my lord, we uh, have rather a lot of information to share with you today, and I did not want to overwhelm you with the sheer volume of it, nor to challenge your incredulity.
0: But now he must show us to his son's room.
1: That remains to be seen, I still feel. This is quite a lot. Hmm. Uh, You did not seem like a foolish man. He'll raise uh, a bell and sort of ring it, and you'll see Gerard steps into the room, perhaps was just outside the door. My good man has... Have there been any sightings of anything, any symbols in the house, perhaps? These individuals here have informed me that if my son's kidnapping is related to the other disappearances, uh, that there will be some kind of symbol in this household.
4: Probably under your son's bed. Or on the floor below, on the ceiling where your son's bed would be
2: somewhere near the bedroom perhaps on the floor of the room above on the bed itself quarry will take one of the drawings that Jovan had brought out and will show it to gerard and say it will likely not look exactly like this but it should look somewhat similar all of the ones that we have seen so far have been burned into the wood his eyes will
1: widen a bit and then narrow I do not believe that I have seen anything like that.
2: Can I make an insight check? Yep. Go right ahead.
0: (laughs) You make the insight check. Melian is going to accuse him of lying regardless.
2: Uh, (laughs) sixteen.
1: It does sound like the words that he is saying are honest.
2: Well, you may not have observed something yourself. Perhaps one of the staff, uh, someone cleaning in around the area has noticed something unusual.
1: I will review with the staff the other, these areas that you are suggesting. Do I have your leave to go, my lord? And the lord begins, or just waves his hand. Well, Gerard looks for that said that you have more to share with me.
2: Ah, Yes, indeed, that is very true, my lord. I beg your patience as I relate this information to you, as I do understand that it may sound somewhat fantastical. I was brought to this city because I was led to believe that there was some threat here that I could lend my aid to well uh, dealing with and on my way in i noticed that all of the guards of the town have brand new weapons and i thought ah perhaps this is a sign of uh, of the threat that overhangs this city perhaps the town guard have been outfitted with new weapons to deal with this threat but then i found that this was not the case And that for some reason, all of the town guard's weapons have been replaced with the weapons of a merchant who is relatively new and whose weapons are strangely all identical and do not bear the mark of a smith. And I thought this unusual, but didn't really assign any dire meaning to it, necessarily. But as we have investigated the disappearances of the children, we have noticed some strange similarities, uh, not similarities, coincidences perhaps, um, in relation to the man who sells these weapons, Jasper Quent. For example, the children disappear around the new moon, and there is a boat that comes to the docks around the new moon, and... Jasper Quent's shop is at the docks. One of the children who was taken was killed working on a construction project for Jasper Quent and at the old Penner estate that Jasper Quent has purchased. A child was killed. Oh, sorry. A child's father was killed. My apologies. I misspoke. Another interesting thing that we noticed is that you we understand, oppose the purchase of the weapons, and you are the only noble whose child has gone missing. Um, we purchased one of the weapons and brought it to Alan, the smith. And he sought to investigate this strange weapon for us. I have myself never seen such identical craftsmanship in any weapon. And in the course of his investigation, he broke the weapon. And when he broke it, and this I I do beg that you will keep an open mind, for we found it very hard to believe ourselves. But we found that inside the blade of the weapon was ice, or what appeared to be ice. And how it came to be there, none of us know. But as we discussed, the ice... Boiled, melted uh, quarry looks at a loss for qu- how to describe the very strange thing that happened, and then we 'll say it turned into strange creatures of of steam and of ice and uh, and those creatures attacked us there were There were several creatures contained within the one sword, and I know that this sounds. Incredible and impossible, and if I hadn't been there, I would say anybody telling this story was crazy. That thought most certainly does cross my mind. My lord, I understand completely that what you are hearing must... Strain the bounds of what you think possible, if not exceed them. But... The smith, Alan, will corroborate our story and, if necessary, is willing to arrange a demonstration uh, to duplicate what we saw. We are absolutely in earnest, my lord, and I swear upon soul that I do not bring you false information. He sort of nods his head and.
1: And he looks you in the eye and says, "Well, I do feel inclined to believe you, I will reserve judgment on this until after we have determined if you have spoken truthfully
2: concerning my son's disappearance. You are most wise, my lord. And I appreciate your open-minded approach. I know others who would... Have us thrown out as liars for spinning such a fantastical tale. Kawari will look over at their comrades and say, Is there anything that I have missed? Anything that you think I should have mentioned that I have neglected to?
4: I don't think so.
1: Well, we wait... I will call for some refreshments. And he rings the bell again, and uh, another, in- uh, this time, a maid comes in, and he says, Refreshments, please.
2: Perhaps while we wait, my lord, you would be interested to see the item that we have found in the houses of the missing children. Yes, yes, please. Faileth, would you mine showing Lord Buchanan the... the item.
4: Right. Here it is, but remember, it's mine. You
2: don't get to keep it.
4: He <laughs> hands it over.
2: This one was... Uh, is it the one that has part of the brown rubbed off? Yeah. This one was found in the home of a little girl named Mirabel. It was found in the head of her favorite doll. The doll she gave to her mother the night that she disappeared. The other object, which is identical, was found sewn into the lining of a coat that belonged to the father of another little girl who disappeared. What we have learned about this is that it is the silver metal is not iron, and the blue crystal is not crystal. This is, in fact, a substance called Dwarite. A very rare substance that is only found in and around old Iltheran cities. We do not yet know why such a thing would be found in the homes of the children that have gone missing other than that we have learned from the Appraiser, that such a substance is able to hold a spell that can be made to go off, to be released, at a future point.
0: Cass, is there a fire in the room? Yes. Melian just thought of something, and so he's going to stalk forward and be like, might I see the the artifact?"
4: Yes, but remember, it's mine, and you don't get to keep it. <laughs> he, she gives you the other one.
0: In which case, I'll pull out uh, the the other of my hand axes and I'll scrape it across to get make sure that some of the the red, the blue is visible, and then I toss it in the fire.
4: <laughs> Aye, I told you it was mine.
1: You toss it into the fire. Oh no! Yeah, but I
0: make sure that there's some blue showing first.
1: Uh, you it's very toss important. It, uh, you into the toss fire. It. In straight into the fire. Uh-huh. Um, can I please have everyone give me a dexterity saving throw?
2: Oh, God.
3: 16 God. is my dexterity saving throw.
2: 9! 15!
3: I didn't catch what Mel said directly before tossing it into the fire. Was... Oh,
2: they. He. I don't think he said anything. <laughs> I think he just I don't think asked I said for anything. the thing and then <laughs> threw it into the fire.
0: <laughs> Look, I have a wisdom of 10 and oh. an intelligence of 8. I had an epiphany. Lightning has just struck my brain. Uh,
3: 19. And I'm also I'm going to use a trick point to use warning and give me a second to actually pull this up. I'm going to give Buchanan a couple extra. Uh...
5: <laughs> oh, thank goodness.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I haven't used this before. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm going to spend my action to grant him um, a bonus to AC and his saving throw equal to 3
1: awesome okay i'm really glad that you gave him that bonus (laughs) (laughs) so you toss it into the fire Um, there's a brief moment um, then you see the brown substance around it catches fire it flares really brightly there is a brief acrid smell and then there is a sudden bang and the fire goes out with a blast of air that shoots out both up the chimney and out of the fireplace, scattering ashes throughout the room.
2: Where is the fire in relation to, like, is it across from Buchanan, beside? Buchanan? Yeah, it is.
1: It is across. So, like, think of the room shaped like an L,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the door is at the 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 end of the little portion of the uppercase L. Mm-hmm. his desk was at the top of the long portion of the uppercase L and at the corner is where the uh, fireplace was so that his desk would be staring in the direction of the portrait above it okay so
2: my back is probably
1: to the fire then yes so there's a sudden rush of air a sort of like, pul- like blast and faileth I am sorry but you are blinded as ash flies straight into your eyes you are not hurt, but you are blinded, and it st- stings like the dickens.
2: Ah, fuck
4: me sideways!
2: <laughs> uh, Quarry would probably shout something like, By soul! And draw their uh, halberd and turn to face whatever it was that just attacked everybody.
1: <laughs> guards! <sighs> I'm the There's no need to roan open and <laughs> guards some guards come pouring in in oh, Buchanan's livery.
0: There is no need for your guards. I was simply least... confirming a suspicion. Please
1: give Melian, me a... a ghost has
4: stolen my eyes! My <laughs> eyes are gone! <laughs> i never see again! Someone grab him and put him back in me head!
2: Please what give me that? a
1: persuasion check, Melian. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> okay. Oh, the guards have drawn their weapons, and they have them pointed at you. And Buchanan is sort of looking like he's torn between... And then he looks at you, Melian, and says, What
0: did you do? Ah. It occurred to me that the blue crystal in the artifacts was reminiscent of the blue crystal we saw... The blue crystal slash ice we saw in the weapons. And I wondered if they were connected. And in... since the art... The, not artificer. The... Appraiser. Appraiser had mentioned that the, uh, the substance reacted poorly to heat. I thought perhaps heat was the catalyst. It seems I was correct.
4: I've lost my sight.
1: Uh, so, Melian, if you look in the fireplace, mm-hmm. there is a ring of ash, and it, sitting in the center of it is a perfectly clean and, like, shiny, no rust substance or blood, whatever it was covering it at all just sitting hmm. there and the place that it is actually sitting you can see like little thin lines and webs of ice coming out of it ah uh, spreading, in fact, like, a little bit spreading across the floor because of how cold it is now oh
5: no. in
0: fact come and observe before i disturb it it has already started to freeze the the hearth which should still be piping hot from the
1: He will approach it. As he does, you see Gerard sort of, like, run into the room. Is everyone okay? And then he looks around at the mess. (laughs) And you see him go through, like, unadulterated rage, resignation, utter hatred, and then just hides it all behind a mask. Does my lord require anything?
4: I need my eyes back. They've been
1: stolen. He sort of waves and says, see to the girl. And come back when you have the, when you, if you have found the the symbol.
4: That's the whole problem. The girl can't see.
1: (laughs) He sort of like sticks his head out, barks something, and a maid comes in with a washcloth and, they like, sort of, like, put it over your eyes and are dabbing at your eyes. and
4: It's too can... late for me. The eyes <laughs> no. are gone for him. <laughs> I'm lost uh... in the darkness for all eternity. I'm gonna need to get a C&I ghost. Oh! <laughs>
1: No, young miss, just open your eyes. You have them closed.
4: I don't want to open them. And then she forces, forces
1: your eyes open and dabs them with a cloth. I'm
4: ah, <laughs> being assaulted. Someone is dabbing at me. I saw cats. They're going to steal my brain.
1: Uh, <laughs> and when she stops, uh, your, your vision is blurry, but you're able to see a bit. It, it's not the best though right now. And as that is going on, Melian, uh, he comes over and he's looking and he's sort of, he gets down and he puts his hand out and it's very cold. This does this add credibility to what you said, though, man, I'm, I'm not sure I actually caught your name. Uh, this, in the future, such, an, such a display to perhaps someone else, another noble, may have gone quite poorly for you.
0: I simply trusted in your wisdom. And were you not wise, I would simply have throttled you until you saw.
2: <laughs> uh, <Gee>. Quarry <laughs> is like, a no, no. We, we will not be throttling anyone, Melian. But a little warning for everyone next time might be nice. He sort of narrows his eyes at you, Melian,
1: and stands up and brushes himself off. He looks at Yovin and says, st- and, Thank you for shielding me with your body. I, I did notice
3: that. Hmm. Joven will-, will nod, still carefully trying to find the words <laughs> to approach this.
1: With that, uh, he notices that Gerard has not left. Did you find something, my my good man? Yes, sir, in the guest quarters above young Master Hector's room, a symbol was found. And his eyes sort of widen, and he looks ashamed and sad, and Preston looks at him and says, I understand. We all miss things. I I assume that you personally did not inspect that room prior. But this does add credibility to what Alicia said. Alicia. My
2: wife. Did she see something? No one has seen anything that we have spoken to yet. She yes, she they did.
4: did. They saw shadows.
2: Well, she
1: has a rather fantastical story that until now I did not believe in the slightest.
2: I am afraid that the more we learn about this, the more fantastical it all seems. Or the more the fantastical seems less fantastical. And it is, frankly, all a bit much to believe. Horrifying.
0: Million frowns and looks at both of them and says Fantastical You you are both aware that there are men who can conjure demons from the nothing. Yes? This is no more or less fantastical than that. Men who can conjure fire from the sky or water from the air.
2: Cory gives Million a very hard look like I'm trying to be diplomatic and like sympathize with this guy and you're (laughs) making this so hard
1: (laughs) Uh, one thing that i should note is that uh yes there are definitely people that can summon things uh but uh you don't know of any magic no one actually knows of any magic at least no one in the party that can that you don't actually know what how do i rephrase this
2: demons are not existent as far as we understand it
1: Yes. Uh, fiends. The so, subtype of creature called fiends does, is not existent as you know of.
0: <laughs> right, but I. so I just figured that my tribe would have had a tradition of oh, yes. having told the story of one who would summon demons. Whether it was real demons or just like he brought a, a bear. A really big bear.
1: I fully understand that and I buy that. Thank you.
2: <laughs> my lord, perhaps we could go see this symbol for ourselves
1: yes please come with me Gerard please show us and you're taken up most of the house is two stories but there is a section of the house that is three and you are taken up into the third story which appears to be uh, guest quarters and servant quarters uh and there's a room that is facing out the front of the house, and there's a large rug in the middle of the room that has been pulled aside and There's a maid that is uh standing there looking at it at what's on the floor that's what's burned onto the floor with like confusion and um she makes a sign to like ward away evil. Hmm.
0: Uh, having noticed that uh, Gerard looked disappointed that he hadn't found the thing prior, um, Melian will, at some point, move towards him, put his giant hand on the man's shoulder and say, a man cannot find what he does not know he seeks. And then just, that's it. That's all he says.
4: Faelith is stumbling dramatically and refuses to open her eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. I have dropped a picture of the symbol into the chat. Ooh, is it time uh, for
2: bad descriptions? That is
1: what you find. Will someone please describe this for us? It is a Or describe it as a group.
2: Okay, so All this... Right, so there's, like, a... Nope, go ahead.
3: What's the name of the, like, classic game piece?
2: It's like a meeple, kind of, but yeah. not...
3: So it's a Meeple standing directly in front of a blob with scythes for hands, mm-hmm. and also antenna raising up <laughs> from behind it. And the main symbol is in the head of the Meeple, and then the other symbols are at the top, at the end of the rays coming up from behind the blob monster with the scythe hands.
2: Yeah, so there's like one at the an- at the top of each scythe, one at the top of each antenna, and then there is a line that goes all the way up the middle. Um, evenly dividing the picture into, I guess, mirror... No, not quite mirror images. Almost mirror images. Um, And at the top of that, there is another symbol. And the antenna have, like... The one on the left has one line, and the one on the left has two lines leading to the symbol.
0: Are we all taking a crack at describing this? Is that one?
2: I also think it looks like a spider. Um, Sorry, yeah. I think... Why not? The more, the merrier.
0: <laughs> so I'm starting to think that. Imagine a map, but you only have a piece, and so each other. So at the center is the center map, is the center of the thing. And then it looks like, yeah, if you if you know the Spider-Man spider, it's the body of that, but then with a larger um, circle, of sort of bisecting it with two sides coming off the side. And then the dotted lines lead to those. And, what we established earlier by the appraiser were ands. So there's a, it looks like a map that has pieces that should connect to other pieces.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Sasha?
2: Faelith can't see it. <laughs> 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 oh, there's also a small symbol at the bottom of that central line that I didn't see. It's very faint.
0: Oh, I yeah, they missed were, that, here. Yeah. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still all the same. Uh, I think Cass described it as a waterfall, but I would describe it, mm-hmm. so I would remain as, as, describing it as a full house. Mm-hmm.
2: And so there's five of the full house symbols and one of the small half house symbols. Uh,
0: uh, no,
3: six. six of uh, one. Five across the top Six all of all the
1: one.
0: five,
2: yeah, five across oh, the top oh I keep missing bottom. that one on the bottom. It's so faint. <laughs>
1: So you know that the one in the middle is air is air, uh the uh like claiming vir. focus symbol. And then these No, six... and the other ones are all ver. Yeah, and the other ones are all ver. Yeah.
3: They're all over. Um <laughs> <Hey-o. sighs> At the end of this, I'm pretty sure we can get a full soundtrack, like soundtrack. Exclusively of bright noises. hmm. <laughs> I'll do the editing for it.
2: <laughs> Jovan, you are better with a pen than I am. Perhaps you would make a copy of this for our records.
3: Of course. Of course. Uh, he'll, he'll pull out a, a sheet of parchment and um, just a touch of chalk and just do a. a uh, the word has left me. Uh, Place the paper sketch. over it. Uh, well, no, um, no, no. You you run you run the chalk back and forth, so uh, etching. Okay, this is not etching. Yeah. This is uh... uh, rubbing.
2: Is there enough like brazed detail on it for a rubbing?
1: Ah, uh, so it is burned into the floor. So where the lines are, they're burned like down, as if it was flesh that had been branded, burned mm-hmm. into.
3: Yeah, that's how it have been de- described previously. So, right and. Where this is, nearby, we should also find one of the metal artifacts. Uh, Faileth.
5: Yes.
3: <laughs> oh. ah, my heart. Mm-hmm. Ah.
0: <laughs> Faelith, your eyes are fine, girl. We need your help. No,
4: they're not.
0: They would be Somebody if you would simply them open them. Somebody stabbed them with
4: something scratchy.
0: It was Ash. And I'm sorry.
4: And, but then someone (laughs) grabbed my face and rubbed the scratchy thing inside them.
0: Yes, that was a cloth that removed the ash.
4: How long am I blinded, DM?
1: You are able to see already, but I assume you're just keeping your eyes firmly closed. Oh yeah,
4: her eyes are super closed. I was just curious as if she was convinced to open them now, would she be able to
1: see anything? So when the air hits them, they'll hurt again. But you, you'll you be able to blink and over the next like 30 seconds, minute, be able to get back to being able to see.
0: It was a I lot have a of water skin. I have a water skin. If she opens her eyes and is still like, no, nah, then Melian might just grab her head, open her eye, and then pour some water in it to rinse, to rinse it out.
2: Oh my god, Gerard's gonna have a heart attack if you spill any of that. <laughs>
1: Yes. Gerard the butler.
2: Gerard butler?
1: Yes.
0: Did you not catch that already?
2: No! (laughs) I'm... okay. Never mind.
0: That's terrible. (laughs) Actually, Cass, I have an idea. So Melian is going to take out one of his potions of healing, uncork it, uh, and then grab, like you dip his pinky in, and then grab, like, (laughs) without explaining, just hand the open potion to um to quarry and then like grab Failif in like a headlock and use his hand to like pull her eye back and then touch the little bit of healing potion to her eye so it stops so essentially it'll clear magically
2: oh that's a good idea
1: let's say that works
0: and then he'll do the other then he'll do the other eye
2: uh,
4: except I assume
1: she's kicking and screaming <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: something's but
4: got me Melian, Melian something Calm yourself, girl.
0: It is me.
4: (laughs) Oh, is that.? She touches his face.
0: (laughs) As if that'll help.
4: (laughs) Yeah, like she's a blind girl, like feeling his facial features. I don't know. I don't think Melian's nose is this big.
0: (laughs) Well, you should be able to see now. I've applied a healing bomb to your eyes.
4: She very, very gingerly peels them open and goes. Oh. Malian, you grew my eyes back for me, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, it was simply a healing potion.
4: I thought I was gonna be one of those people who walked around with the drippy sockets all the time, with the yawning black pits that stare straight into the
2: underworld instead of eyeballs.
0: That does sound very dramatic. I'm sorry. They're that not you my not.
2: favorites. Quarry will hand the uh healing potion back to Malian and say was very good thinking.
0: Uh, when you are in the wilderness, it serves to make use of things that wouldn't seem ordinarily
3: uh, to be of use. Fairleth, if you're well. Yes. We were hoping that perhaps your, you and your mother could help us find where the other artifact is.
2: Okay. Uh, um. <laughs> Quarry's going to try to prepare the unprepared people in the party.
1: Um, oh, so, right. Faileth, mm. what do you say?
4: Mom, is there one of those creepy uh like thingies in here?
1: Do you like hold up the skull as oh, you yeah. do this?
4: <laughs> so
1: So, Quari, you yes. are you might be able to get in like a word or two as she raises the skull and says mm, the word "mum," but then something's going to happen.
2: Okay, so Quo, oh, I need to pick my words carefully. Actually, no, that's metagame-y. Um quarry probably would have just said, "My friend is." You may have remembered they can and speak there is with a spirits. Brilliant
1: <laughs> flash of like greenish light uh, that comes as the skull, as carvings all across the skull, suddenly ignite and alight. And hmm. um, oh, there's something big in here. Lord Buchanan stumbles back, and your mother's skull just begins to chatter and chatter.
4: Oh, there's something in here for sure. She was never this excited. Come on, Mom, what were you looking for?
1: And he she pulls it out staring
5: to follow. is
2: uh, Qu- <laughs> Quarry will probably be kind of ignoring what Faleth is doing, because they're perfectly capable of doing this on their own. Uh, and will have turned to Lord Buchanan to say, "I did mention that she could speak with spirits, and uh, I know that it is uh, very unusual, but my understanding is that it is not. I it is not necromancy. It is uh and and is like trying to distract him, but also trying to explain to him at the same time. It's uh as if she can speak to those that have gone beyond. It is not that she summons the dead. It's um... I can do that
4: too, though, if you want me to call someone particular.
2: Oh. He's sort of like nodding his
1: head and his eyes are wide and he's very pale and very concerned. And Gerard is hiding in the corner of the room. <laughs>
4: If there's someone you really want to talk to, I can see if I can get them. Not everyone is willing to come back and have a chat with me, but often I can get at least someone. So after we find whatever this is in here, if you want to chat with, like, your nan or something, just let me know. Uh,
2: that's a very kind offer, Faith.
4: Well, I think everyone should get to talk to their family sometimes, shouldn't they? All right, ma'am, where are we going?
2: She
1: pulls you out of the hall and... It seems like she's torn in two two different directions. And then she takes you straight across through a room. It's a servant's quarters, and she takes you straight to the window. You're now looking out the back of the house into a large garden. Hmm. And as you look out there, you briefly see your mother actually, like, while she's still inhabiting the skull another portion of her forms out in the garden and it is standing or floating partially there next to a tree that looks like it is dead
4: and Ooh. just like
1: a circle of dead around that tree
4: or well, something nasty happened over here what is it mom i head over and uh can i roll investigate on the tree
1: So, you're on the third floor. This is.
4: Oh, I'm gonna go uh, outside then.
1: (laughs) Down in the garden. Uh, So, as you go down to the second floor, she suddenly jerks and pulls you in another direction.
2: Don't you want me to go look at the tree, ma'am? Perhaps we will look at the tree after?
1: Well, we follow where she leads, and I follow in the direction she's pulling me. She doesn't seem to be pulling you as hard in this direction as she had in regards to the tree, uh, but uh, you eventually come to a large room, and as you go in, the lord says that this is his room, and your mother sort of pulls you over to by the
2: bed. Um, when Lord Buchanan says that this is his room, Quarry will say, "This this is to be expected, the the item was found uh, in the other two cases in the parents' bedroom or in in some space associated with the parents and not with the child. Oh, I... He
1: does not look heartened by that.
2: <laughs> I think it might be part of how,
4: you know, well, did you sleep a lot the night that they were disappeared? That when you usually don't, at least one of the mums went to sleep and like slept right through her alarm was late for work like she never was before so i think
2: maybe it's got something to do with that yes i've wondered if perhaps the spell encased in it that is just waiting to go off is something that makes the parents sleep through the disappearance of the child I uh, y- yes i didn't
1: wake up at all the night that hector disappeared
4: yeah that tracks so whatever we find is probably what kept you from sleeping Well, kept you sleeping so that you couldn't do anything about it. So you see, it was magic. It's not your fault at all. Did your wife sleep soundly as well? No, she saw something, remember? Ah, yes, right. She probably saw the shadows that aren't there.
2: Ah, that would be interesting. We haven't heard... She certainly says she saw something.
4: Did she see shadows that aren't really there?
1: I... No. Oh.
4: We better talk to her after we go check out the tree.
1: That is for another time. Find this thing. Oh, sure. I want it out. Um, I'm going to follow the skull to see if I can find it. So as you're sort of going, uh, your mother actually draws you to the curtain that gets pulled around the bed. And you find that down at the bottom of the one of the curtain, over, like, right by... Like, so it would be just off the bed, uh, hanging down about where the, about where, like, Buchanan's head or pillow should be. In the seam area of it, there's a, there has been a cut and a small piece of something has been inserted and sewn in.
4: I'm going to open it up.
1: You open it up and you find an identical object.
4: Uh, see? Same
2: thing. I don't suppose you recall having this uh, repaired, sewn, altered in any way in the last... Uh, when Alicia and I used to share
1: this room, she would have the curtains uh, changed with the season.
2: Oh. You don't sleep with your wife no more. <laughs> I'm glad faileth asked it because Quarry was wondering but wouldn't say anything. Oh,
4: did she die? Do you want me to talk to her ghost?
1: No, she she is alive. She is in her room.
2: Oh, that's too bad. And
1: he sort of looks away.
2: Is it possible for us to speak with your wife? Uh,
0: perhaps that is premature. There is a tree to be, ex- to be yes, explored. Yes, we definitely True. need to go look at the tree. Very
4: good point. Something super
1: creepy about that tree. Yes. Yes, I, you may be able to speak to my wife, but perhaps a little later. And with that, you head out, and you head down to the main foyer, and out through the back, into a larger garden. It's well manicured, and uh, has hedges that have been trimmed and sculpted. And you begin to walk towards what looks like it may have at one point been an apple tree on a small hill. There are no leaves upon this tree. And the grass directly around it appears to have died as well. And we will leave off there tonight as you walk towards this... Spooky tree. Spooky tree. Spooky <laughs> tree.
3: Spooky tree.
0: It's very spooky.
1: else Ali, you're the only one that hasn't said spooky tree. Spooky tree.
3: I got uh, some pretty strong Scooby Doo uh, vibes off this this session.
2: <laughs> spooky, spooky tree. I think for we? you, <laughs> meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't really a faceless shadow monster thing at all. It was the janitor. Old man Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! Are we ready for. What?
0: What?
5: Uh,
0: uh.
2: I definitely did not hear what you said. Me neither.
0: I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't say anything. It was just that there were, somehow we both managed to wait the exact same amount of time <laughs>
5: before
0: them being like, "Well, I guess no one else is talking. Time to take us away from here." And then we both <laughs> talked.
2: Uh, great minds. Oh, think
3: alike. We, we do that pretty constantly. I'm like, uh huh, yeah. I'm assuming that at least just like shifting the voices backwards and forward a little bit in editing. I suppose that's one of the advantages of having us on different lines. But
2: honestly, it doesn't work that well because it's like. Normally, I have to I pick whoever was the clearest, and then just kind of go with them in whichever conversation thread we picked up. Because if I juggle them, it doesn't it generally doesn't make sense for you to have said that thing after the person the other other person said the other thing, because so they don't I mesh up.
3: I did notice in the first few episodes though, you definitely like trimmed out a bunch of the gaps, which made it much easier to listen to. It. Oh mm-hmm.
1: yes, yes. Um, the long pauses. Um, get severely decreased and the amount of umming that we do also gets decreased unless it seems purposeful
2: yeah or if you didn't pause between your um and the work that you were saying next I can't. <laughs>
0: how dare you not miracle work <laughs> the, i don't know what you know what i need to apologize because for some reason i've been really hard on you and then I mean, tonight and it's like obviously been joking but mm-hmm. i mean simultaneously I don't know why I'm picking on you, so I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) That's okay. I knew you were joking.